Hey, everybody. Welcome to Down the Rabbit Hole with your host, Riley Rabbit. And this week, um, we got a, a lot of crazy things going on in the world. So we're just going to do a little weekly recap to start before we get into our major topics. So, um, yeah, how was your week? How was your week, your weekend, Vic? Weekend was good. I heard you went camping. We went camping. We bought a uh, travel trailer little camper trailer i'm so excited because i can't wait to go camping with you and ernie oh yes no (laughs) doubt we uh we went up to the wallapai mountains i've never even heard of that (laughs) (laughs) it's the uh hidden gem of kingman arizona okay so like kingman arizona is like this country i've heard of king town it's like between here in phoenix vegas Mm -hmm. and phoenix and it's just like it's it's literally a drive-through town is it kind of like if you go to like is it the same scenery as like tahoe no, 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 not at all. This is country as fuck. Like oh. so, so I used to go to Kingman two or three times a week for my old job when I was a salesman. So I would drive to okay. from, from here from Vegas to Kingman, and I'll have a bunch of customers there. So it's more Laughlin-y. Imagine Laughlin, but they sold meth. Oh, <laughs> like Reno. Yeah, so yeah, it's Reno. There <laughs> it's we go. Like Reno. It's, it's it's like a bigger Perum. Oh wow! Oh yeah. God, Perum. I'm so yeah. glad I never went out there. <laughs> so uh, the first time I ever went to Kingman, I had to spend the night for work. And I walked to the gas station, and by the time I got out the gas station, this dude was, like, having a seizure ODing on, like, the... No <laughs> way! <laughs> yeah, it's, like, this crazy town. But it's dope. Like, there's a lot of good people, a lot of real old yeah. school. It's a small town, 30,000 people. Yeah, It's literally what they call a drive through city. Mm. But the thing is that the, the, the drive through is a bunch of semi-trucks. So you're talking about there's 40,000 trucks that drive through the city every day. That scares me. So there's so much money in the city. There's a lot of money in the really? city. Really? Yeah. Oh, I should have known about that place when I was yeah. still selling pussy. It's, oh, girl, <laughs> let me tell you. I used to have homegirls that loot. I used to have this girl. I used to, uh, we was working together. We was going cross country. And when we were cross country hoeing, we drove from California to Miami. Yeah. We used to, that was her thing. I could never do it. I never had enough balls to do it. She used to love stopping. Like, that was her thing. She's like, let's stop at this truck stop. I'm like, mm. what? I'm like, you're going to get fucking killed. She's like, no, just stay outside, stay in the car. And she would just, Run! I mean, we come out of there like, like two, three thousand dollars, and she was just like, "Yo, they get so lonely." Yeah, because they're on the road all day. They just jump, and their their trucks are like little bedrooms. Well, yeah, that's they're that's like, where they live. Yeah, yeah, they live in their trucks. So, little tiny black girl, she'd be like, "Hey, y'all, you want to have some fun?" Boom, 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 boom. She yeah. like just hit a bunch of them. I'm like, "Okay, let's out of the next city." Some of the weirdest people I've met were truck drivers. Yeah. So my old job um, was I was a, an outside salesman for a heavy duty truck dealership. So you I were sold truck dealership. Yeah. So okay. imagine, um, imagine uh, like a Lexus dealership. So you sold Mack trucks. No. Well, we sold Peterbilts. So oh, the okay. Peterbilt is like the Lexus of the trucking community. Yeah. So I me. sold, <laughs> I sold. No, parts. I sold the Lexus. You of know, the I trucks. sold the Lexus. <laughs> you know, I couldn't afford a car, so I named my daughter Lexus. You know what I mean? Hilarious. <laughs> Shout out Kanye West. That's um, what- <laughs> But now I was, I used to sell parts for, for, for heavy duty trucks. So I would meet a bunch of truckers mm. and you would know when a guy just came off a cross country hall because he yeah. would smell like shit. He would have like skin rashes under his fat skin neck. Skin rashes, sunflower seeds, sunflower seeds. And he would have like a pet iguana <laughs> he would talk to. It's just like, it's so true. crazy. How many times I drove through fucking Texas and had to stop at random cities on the way? Because it's like, when you, once you hit fucking El Paso, there's not shit that hey, you shit. hit Austin and Fuck fucking Texas. San Antonio. Driving through Texas takes three <laughs> the days. longest fucking time. Like, I, was, I used to remember being like, fuck, we just hit. El Paso and I'm like it's gonna get rough yeah, <laughs> it's gonna, it's get, gonna rough. get rough 
Oh, it was the worst drive, the worst drive. But yeah, we've we've definitely had a few stops at some truck stops. And- yeah, but King, it's funny because um, and, and I know we're probably gonna talk about it later. <clears throat> so a bunch of my the people that I know in Kingman are a bunch of like mechanics, like they own shops, like heavy duty right. truck shops and tow trucks and stuff like that. Trucks coming in out there all day. That's yeah. that's major business out there. Yeah. I think I used to pull something like twenty, thirty grand a, a week what? from that from, from Kingman. Yeah, it was crazy. It was crazy. Kingman, shout out Kingman. So, don't let me not get look if I have to come out of retirement. You know what I mean? <laughs> the rabbit hole is going to Kingman. <laughs> so uh I went to go see some one of my old customers and uh he's just like ex-marine, like just raw second amendment, like yeah. you know, just straight power to the people type dude. <laughs> so I went to go see him. I was like, yo, where's my boy so and so? You know, I'm not gonna shout him out. So and so let's call him Bob. Yo, where's Bob at? And it's like, uh, oh, uh, Bob is, <coughs> Bob is out uh, counter protesting. So they <laughs> had protests. They had protests there, right. and so you had the protesters on one side and the counter protesters. And across the street was a bunch of white rednecks <sighs> with ARs ready for shit to pop off. They're like anti-fascism. <laughs> <laughs> and I just remember I was gonna pull up and just be like, hey. And just say something stupid. And see yeah, what they say. just wild out, get them all riled up. Yeah, pow, 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 pow. yeah but it, uh, it gotta was, love a redneck. But no, we went to uh, Wallapine Mountain, okay, which is out that way. It's it's like a hidden gem. Like as soon as you get into the mountain, it feels like a forest. Oh, that's dope. It's crazy. So that's dope. We took the <clears throat> the camper trailer all the way to the top of the mountain, parked in a spot. It was my first time camping, like in, in the trailer, because you know we done glamping. Of, <laughs> yeah, it's basically glamping. Glamping. So we just took it out there, and you know we spent it. We just we got it, and we just wanted to go for a night. Just for like one just day, for a night, just for oh, a night. Okay. So we went for one night, you know, we spent the night and it was, you know, it was, there's, I say it all the time. There's something about when you get out the city limits Oh my god, that just melts your stress away. Bro, I just miss it. I used to camp growing up. I loved it. You know, where I grew up, I grew up in South San Diego. So it was all black and Mexican. I was the only white kid. And so, I mean, very rarely, I mean, I didn't have friends that camped. You know, the only people that did were the Boy Scouts and those, you know, and they were still and it was an all black troop. So they would like, but that was such a big thing for them being black kids, being able to like go camping. Like how many black kids get that experience? You know what I mean? And like, they luckily had um, like a, an ex Marine and like my dad, my dad was a, was a boy scout. My grandpa was a boy scout. My uncles were, they were always like in that. So they had like some good experience, but I was always like the one girl that got to go. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, and I fucking miss like, there is nothing like getting away from the city and being able to see the stars nothing and like, like feeling smelling air like people don't know what air really smells like because it's just so clean it's like when that when, i don't know if there's water up there but like when a breeze that like goes over like a fresh lake yeah. right in the morning when it's still crispy yep the that water smell. looks like glass yeah. it's like undescribable yeah there's 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 something about like sitting outside in the stars and looking up and just realizing how insignificant your life is and in that same instant knowing how significant you are to the people around you. Man, say that shit again. Cause like, <clears throat> I think sometimes we get so focused on the bullshit that's going on in the world that like, we really forget how like small we are. Small. 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 And like how much, like you said, but how significant you really are. Like, even though you're really this little tiny fucking speck in the universe, like how much power you really have like over your mind of your body over the influence of people around you like 
it does. When you're just sitting out there and there's just stars and your coffee and you're smart and you're just like, uh, it just opens your mind up. And you know me, half the time I'm high as fuck. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> My bad. Hold up. My bad. But you know what I mean? I'm just, this, I, this is a kid's show, so I can't be high all the time. When you're not, is it a kid's show? <laughs> Please don't let it be a kid's show. Um, I would probably say there's more times that you're not high. No, less times that you're not high than are high. Probably. Probably. I'm what they call a functioning stoner. I would say that you are an... What's the word I want to use? I would not want to see you not high. <laughs> like, I don't know what the fuck to do. Yeah. I'd be like, who's this guy? Yeah. Like, who brought him along? Like, I feel it. You know what's crazy is I, I, I didn't smoke much weed growing up. I didn't start smoking full time till like it's a job. I just started I've been smoking full time since. <laughs> Did my interview three weeks ago. Yeah. No, I just stopped smoking. I just started smoking every day till I was like twenty five years old. I didn't start smoking until I was thirty. Oh yeah, you see there you go. Yeah, I didn't start smoking until I was thirty. I had a surgery and I, um, that's when I really started doing it. When I had got the uh the like the back lipo to fill in my hips. I didn't really even smoke when uh, when I got my titties done. My ex, the one, the one, ugh, actually, most of my exes all smoked weed. Uh, no, not really. It's like 50-50, But he was a heavy, heavy smoker. He smoked so goddamn hot, like much that, like, just being in the room, you could get hot, like not hot boxed, stoned off your ass. Yeah, for sure. Like just the difference between like, oh fuck, I'm kind of feeling it, versus like, not even having a smoke and you're just like slump. Yeah. I miss he, those days. He put my brother down one night and my brother is like King Pothead. He's like, he don't give a fuck. He's like stronger the better. He's like all about his cannabis butter and his oils and his CBD, everything. Like he's like been that way for years. And he see that there's a difference between that. Like I would call that like a weed connoisseur. Yes. Versus a straight stoner. He was both though. Yeah. But like, <laughs> like me, both. I'm, I'm a stoner in the sense where it's like, I smoke too much. To be like spending too much money on weed. Oh yeah, no, but he enjoyed the life of cannabis. Like he's like, so he's a connoisseur. He got his yeah. bubbler. Is that what they're called? Bubbler. Yeah. He's got I like got he wants. He's like, yo, if I had a rough day, I need to use this. Like he knew exactly what yeah. day, what time, what situation called for what bong bubbler pipe, or if he was rolling a blunt. Like he was, and he put my brother on his ass. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, truth truth be told, like. This this is my first blunt I've smoked in a few days. What? And that's just because I don't I don't smoke that much weed at the house mm. because my girl is always home and she doesn't like the smell. Yeah, yeah. So especially when you smoke a blunt, like there's a it's difference stronger. between smoking a blunt, like the the smell lasts a little longer. I only really smoke blunts with you guys. I'd rather like I'd rather pack a bowl. See, and and I'll do that. I'll go outside and hit a couple bowls. But I just been you know my little weed pen and I just hit my weed pen throughout the day. And that's I like it. the taste of weed. I don't want to taste the uh, everything else. I see, see. To me, I'm a. I come from smoking cigarettes. Mm. So I started smoking cigarettes when I was 13 years old. So you so need that little the nicotine, taco, the tobacco, yeah. like that. To me, is you is, need it all. Yeah, and you know it's 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 a full experience. You know what I'm saying? Oh, my answer, that was the same way. He was like, I like to sit down and get my tray out, get ready and clean it and roll it. I'm like, but that's how my grandfather was with his cigarettes. That's his, his same He's shit. like, I need that fresh, clean, cut off the fucking plant yeah. tobacco. Yeah. And he had his little roller thing and he did, he loved the process. And there's just, so it's, it's just, it's just, it's oddly common. You know what yeah. I'm saying? You roll yourself a blunt, you kick it back and you put on some YouTube, yeah. listen to some music and. You just chill out. It's a different vibe, yeah. It's a different vibe, and and you know, you know, I've, I've cut back on my smoking, you know, but you know, I'm I still smoke every day. And, yeah, you know, but it's to me, it's at least you're not smoking cigarettes. Yeah, yeah, I can't. I mean, to, could you go back? 
So I, I, I've never really quit smoking cigarettes. I, so this is what I say. This is what I say. I quit buying cigarettes. Okay. So I, I haven't bought a pack of cigarettes in years. But if like somebody has one, you'll bum it. But if somebody has one, because to me, the main thing. Do you thing feel I, different? No. Oh. No, I'm to that point where I can smoke Anything? nicotine and be good. Okay. Well, I'm not going to smoke crack, but you know. You ain't trying to hit that crack? I ain't trying to hit that crack. <laughs> Maybe a little mad, but crack, I can't you do You ain't crack. trying to make a teeth fall out today? But the best thing about smoking cigarettes is like, you know, you're at a party or you're, you know, me when I was a boy. I guess you thing. did smoke a cigarette on my birthday, didn't you? I did. I smoked it with your boy. Because I was like. No, it wasn't at your birthday. It was uh, with Gold Dimes. Oh. Yeah. I forgot that he. Oh, yeah, because he was trying to get off his vape. He's yeah. trying to get off his vape, and he ended up smoking cigarettes. <laughs> so I, I, I smoked a cigarette with him because the camaraderie of like smoking a cigarette. My with dad was that way. Like, yeah. My dad was that way. He never smoked ever. But if he was playing pool with his buddies on the weekend, and uh, his little homies would come over and play pool or whatever, <laughs> they he he would have smoke and drink. He was like, if I smoke or drink or if I'm dancing, if I'm drinking, it's a wrap. I need yeah. a cigarette. Yeah. yeah, that that that's one thing for sure. <laughs> just because that 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 alcohol and tobacco nicotine, they just make I could you feel never get into cigarettes. Inside. Although when I was in my early twenties and partying, people would always tell me that like, I know you would get, you were always getting fucked up because you would find when you were wasted, you would find someone with a black and mild, mm. and they're like somehow, some way, yep. you'd end up with a fucking black and mild. <laughs> I'm like, what? When did I smoke a black and mild? They're like, that's how I know you're lit. It's time to go. They're like, when Riley starts finding black and milds from people, and I'm like, I didn't even know I've ever smoked a black and mild. Yeah. I was wasted. I used to smoke. Black and Milds, like three a day. Really? What tip wines? They're like 10 cigarettes in one, right? Like yeah. some crazy like that. <laughs> Let me yeah. tell you who smokes crazy. <clears throat> so I went down to LA this weekend. Let me yep. recap my week. I went down to LA. I had some personal stuff I had to do. And then I hit up someone who's been, uh, want to do an interview with me on their, on their show. One, uh, some people I knew plugged it for me. And um, so I was hanging out with Bishop Magic. Don Juan, you know what I mean? Bishop. OG. OG, classic dinosaur, you know, church. So I'm kicking it with them. A lot of people don't know that I actually already knew him. Like we were, um, my, my, he was my ex's godfather. So my, um, my ex, like I said, just got out of jail, whatever. And we just, he wanted to go see the old man, like I said, as his godfather. And, but I've always been, like, I've been around, like we've done players balls. Oh my God. I have to show you guys some pictures of the players balls that I've been to. <laughs> players balls i mean we've been in backstage with concert with snoop just like there's a lot of people that i actually really know people just don't know because i'm not a name dropper but anyways bishop i don't know because i'm too afraid to ask him because i don't want to be like what the fuck bishop like what is that about so but bishop smokes out of his nose like he puts a cigarette in his nose a blunt in his nose you never seen it no <laughs> he literally will Hit it that way. And now yeah. he's gotten to a point now I don't think that he really can even smoke. Because a lot of times he, you know, the chick that he's with usually smokes and shotguns him. Because I don't think, I don't know if it was just the cocaine from back in the day or if it's the weed or whatever. He's just fucked up his esophagus or something. He can't do it. Wow. I don't know what happened, but I'm sure the drip probably fucked him up in the 80s. But um, yeah, he, you'll see him, he'll just, like it's coke. That's crazy. <laughs> I'm like, did this man just smoke a blunt with his nose? The first time I saw it was like seven years ago. We was out there uh, right after his radio show. Um, that's when his co-host was crazy from Love and Hip Hop. It was like crazy. It was her. We went to Snoop's concert. Um, and somebody else was there too. I don't remember. I think maybe, maybe sh was it Sugar Free or Too Short? I don't remember. Anyways, they were all there. And I like, I saw him do that. And then I saw him get shotgunned by somebody. I was like, what? 
how did he just and it fucking freaked me out because i'm like is he smoking something different that i don't know about and like i wasn't a smoker then so i'm like lost yeah so i've never seen that before that's that's kind of i think i let it go out i was talking too much um anyway so (laughs) that was a trip to me but no i had fun in la so people also don't know that bishop he only like eats two things (laughs) pussy and ass meatloaf and like cheese pizza that's it pretty much pretty much if it doesn't if it's not like ground beef of some kind like he won't eat it really Mm -hmm. that makes sense he's always been that way like i mean you grow up eating ground beef like i mean i i don't think i think every meal we had growing up was something ground beef we had sos hamburger helper Helper, sos which i don't know if that's what everybody calls it but that's what we called it so it was just ground beef and cream of mushroom soup all rice never heard of that yeah bro this is poor people shit carbs <laughs> this is poor people shit this is <laughs> fill their bellies up as much as you can because yeah. they don't know how long we, and you gotta make it stretch <laughs> yeah so you just take ground beef put some seasoning in it put a can of uh, cream of mushroom cook it up and then you throw it on some white rice and that should last you oh like three four days my dad make a big pot of it make us three four days then we ate like the little hobo dinner things when we go camping ground beef uh baby carrots and potatoes and you throw some seasoning salt or something on it and you just wrap it in foil and throw it on the fire good to go yeah so like everything we ate we ground beef tacos like we everything was ground beef when you grow up poor like now they try to give you turkey but that's like red meat back in the day that's what you got from like the government shit you'd always get like stuff super cheap two bucks a pound yeah there's gallons of milk government cheese and fucking ground beef and rice and beans that's That's pretty much all yeah yeah, we got a lot of that shit. So we just figured out how to make it fucking stretch. But so I can understand, like, I'm sure he didn't grow up in the best of circumstances being a South Side of Chicago. So yeah, he probably just got used to that ground beef shit. My old homie from the my old homie from the hood, he was from a he was from a rival hood, as a matter of fact, from where I was raised. But uh, from 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 the town across the, uh, across the way. <clears throat> but we became cool. We were cool as fuck. But he's like tatted from the tip of his t- top of his head to like the bottom of his feet. He's tatted. And uh, he came out to Vegas a few, like, probably, like, a year ago. And, you know, we went out to Lake and kicked it. He introduced us to his new girl, yada, yeah. yada, yada. We went out to dinner three times. <laughs> All three times, this man ordered French fries. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking about, like, we go into, like, nice restaurants in Vegas. <laughs> our <laughs> treats. French fries. <laughs> it's on me. He got, like, oh, what kind of French fries they got? Y'all got garlic salt French fries? Oh, you got those truffle <laughs> French fries? Like, yo, get a steak, my guy, or something. You but nah. French fries. But not only that, he would have French fries, and then his girl would have to chop them for him. No. So she'll be there with the, fu- the so north and the fries. she eat fries with, like, <laughs> fucking baby food? And, and, like, and then she would feed him half the time. It was like, I was like, yo, my guy. Was he pimping? He wasn't pimping. He just had his That's thing, his huh? Thing. Yo, but I've, I've noticed in certain relationships, like, dudes find the girls that are willing to do what they want. Absolutely. Like a homie of mine loves it when they rub his feet. That's the uh. shit. So all his girls, if you ain't rub my feet, you can't be around. Can't be around. Maybe I need to set my standards up a little bit. If you can't do this, you gotta go. <laughs> you gotta- we gotta get you a man first. We're gonna get you on Tinder. Uh, gonna get you on Tinder. I don't know. I think I've just realized that maybe that's just not for me right now, I guess. Maybe it's trying to keep me focused on work. That's not true. I'm just thinking like not right now. Why does this keep coming up? This topic comes up like every time you do a show. I don't. I don't think that's true. I think it's more of if it happens, it happens, mm-hmm. and I'd be happy if it happens. 
But, but if I, it doesn't, I think be I okay. also, I think, I mean, me becoming newly retired and newly single and all that stuff kind of happened at a really shitty time because like we, as soon as I got like retired and wasn't dating somebody, we were in Corona. Like, <laughs> like two weeks later. We're like quarantined. I'm like, great. How the fuck am I meeting somebody now? Like, yeah, it was like two weeks later. It was two crazy. Weeks. Yeah. Two weeks. And it was like the one guy, like I had met someone kind of around like close to New Year's or whatever. And like, just that's the one who always argued with me. You know, it'll come, girl. It'll come. I'm telling you, look, one of these followers, they're going to just show up at your house at bleep, bleep, no. bleep, bleep, bleep. <laughs> I'm moving. I don't care. I'm moving after this. It's done. I'm like, this podcast has been here too long. Yeah. Um, so what you do in San Diego? Oh, no, I went to L.A. L.A., my L.A. Man. So I did. Oh, so I did the interview. That was the whole point. We got a little high there for a second. I'm high. I'm pretty high. So uh, did an interview. Um it's this YouTube channel called Soft White Underbelly. And we were just talking about this earlier about this, like people craving this raw, uncut content, right? It's always been kind of a thing, but I feel like it's really getting bigger now that social media and internet and online things are really like streaming has really become a big thing that this like this need and desire for really raw, uncut like content is like rising. So he had like 900 subscribers in September. He told me why dude, he used to be in uh like marketing and he was like, bro, I did marketing for years. He's like, I did really good at it. I was great at it. He's like, and I just, um, I just, I just was craving raw uncut realness. He's like, everything around me was so fake and so planned. And like, it was so like mind manipulating that I just wanted to see something different. And he's like, and I just fucking, you know, I, I, retired i did what i had to cut out or whatever he did and then he's like i just i just quit and he's like and i just started doing these interviews he's like i got a camera i started recording some people you know like doing these little like interview things so i pull we pull up to this spot and um it's on the rough side of town and like probably for a reason because like that's where he gets a lot of his interviews from so um we're walking out and there's like homeless people like knocking on the door and all kinds of crazy stuff. And I'm like, whatever. It didn't look no different from some of the areas I knew growing up, but he got up to, he's almost up to a, what a million followers, a million subscribers on YouTube now. It's like eight or 900,000 easy. Not even in a year. Yeah. September is at 900. So it's just like, so anyways, I did an interview with him and they, they really wanted to ask about the, the life of me as a, an escort. And I think his faction, his, um, what's the word I'm looking for his reason of like wanting me was that he's had a he's had a few prostitutes and like girls like on drugs and stuff like that he wanted to see the good light in it too so it was like I guess I fit that category of like hey I want to see somebody who went through this shit and had a, a success story as well yeah so I think that and I'm kind of one of the first few people um Except my ex, he did an interview a couple of weeks ago and he, that, that was all through Bishop, Bishop Don Juan and then Fillmore Slim. These are like old, like really big names and like the game pimp industry type shit. And um, these are like the the godfathers of and he's interviewing all them and it kind of started bringing in a different limelight of girls. <clears throat> well, not girls, just of his idea of wanting to see successful sides of it. And um, so I was like the first girl that he interviewed like that. And I love it was dope. It was cool. You got to tell my story. And um, it's pretty quick and easy, though. It's a very, like, hey, what's your name? Where are you from? Tell me about this. Tell me. He's like, very simple and to the point. Right to it. Right to it. And it was in and out. He was, he was a cool guy, though. So then we left. And then um, we're at the hotel. And I had debated a lot to whether or not to bring my goddaughter. 
Mm. Um, because my goddaughter's half black. Um, she's black and Mexican. And, you know, people are like, oh, that's not your real daughter. But I don't, this is my fucking daughter. Like, you can't tell me any different. I would die just as fast as her mother would for her. Like, I was the first person to see this child on earth. I saw her before her mother did. Like, I was there. I was watched her come out. You know what I mean? And I've been there ever since. So, like, it's just, where do you find a line with everything that's been going on of, you know, all the protests and rioting and me wanting her to be able to voice her, her fear and her anger and be able to protest. But at the same time, the shit has been getting violent. So, um, I had to make a decision like, okay, if you go, if you have a conversation, like you're not leaving the hotel, we're not doing protesting stuff. Like I don't care. I don't need to, my job is to make sure you're safe. Right. And like, I just, I don't think it's right or it sucks that people have to go through all the crap that they've been going through. But like, you're my daughter and you're half black and half Mexican and you're not going to fucking go out and get fucking killed or shot in the face with a rubber bullet or whatever the fuck else is going on. So I just couldn't, I got a letter. So I was like, we really had to have a conversation. Like you can come, but you have to stay in the hotel and you're with me the whole time. So she did, but basically we got to watch what was going on through uh, the windows. Cause our window, like where I was, I was right by Staples Center and we just had a view of the fucking freeway, but like every 10 minutes it was like 30 to 40 cop cars right and i think what they were doing is because like the 10 and the 405 kind of loop around downtown like the whole downtown area so i think what they were doing is like <clears throat> they were just driving by in case something happened like they could just go in fast but that was intense it was intense to watch that and then um, when I pulled in, it was like curfew. It was like, we looked it up. It was curfew. It was supposed to be eight o'clock. And then it turned into six o'clock, but we were barely pulling into the city at six 30 and we didn't really realize it. And we're like, Oh shit, it's curfew. So like, they wouldn't even let us like, they're like, you can go, but you can't like go get anything to eat. Like city's seriously on lockdown. I've never seen LA like that. LA, like certain, like certain sides of downtown LA, but, but I think downtown LA had their fair share of, um, thrashing the first couple of days so i think people had moved to other areas so it was a fucking ghost town like the only people you see were homeless people homeless people and police and military wow like you're from la yeah no you're right i mean bro what i've never seen it like that That's i wish crazy. i would have took video but i was like afraid like when i was outside i'm like fuck i gotta get back in the room you know what i mean so when i had to meet with um with some people about another business meeting and i had to leave her at the hotel and leave and, and like i was like not even two blocks away from them. And she's like, don't fucking walk. And I'm like, I don't, I'm going to be there in like three minutes. And she's like, you better fucking drive. And like, I literally had to drive in circles, look for parking closer. Yeah. She just like would not let me go anywhere. But uh, yeah, and on my way home or on my way back to the hotel that night, um, like I'm sitting there and I'm like right on, what can you, it's like Figueroa and something else right there by the Staples Center. It's like that corner. Anyways, I pull up in this like big ass, armor truck and i'm in my 750 so it's a big car itself but it's like low and like this just big armored truck comes up behind me and the high beams kind of go on and i'm sitting at the red light like fuck should i just go should i just because i don't know if they're like get out the way but the high beams come on and they go down and then they soup to the side of me and then they all kind of look in the car and my i have like limousine type lint um, um tent on my car like you can't just see in my car so they're like kind of looking around, they look at it, and then all of a sudden they drive away. And there's like, what what are the trucks that have like the canvas kind of tent thing like this over it? But it's just like a flap on the back. Convertibles? No, we're talking about like a military truck. 
Oh, uh, Humvees? They're kind of, yeah, they're Humvees, but they actually like carry the guys behind. Personnel carriers is what they're called? Yeah, they're personnel carriers. So it was like, there literally was like 30 to 40 guys like in the back of this truck. AKs and everything. I'm like, oh, they're about to do this martial law shit. I'm like, I'm sitting out here at like 1130 at night on Figueroa. Like, I need to get my white ass back in this damn hotel. I thought they were going to pull me out the car because they were, um, I had seen earlier that day, they were like tapping on windows like uh, in Long Beach. They were pulling them out their cars and, and Santa Monica. And it was so funny because it's like, I won't say it was funny, but it was crazy to watch like in Santa Monica, how many people were protesting. It was like white kids, Asians, and everyone was out there. So that was kind of dope to see. You know what I mean? Like, and they were all getting arrested too, you know, maybe not as uh, aggressively, but they were getting their asses arrested. So it was just cool to see them kind of stand up for each other and a little more unity. But um, that was uh, that was my little story for L.A. It, <clears throat> that's kind of like when we went to go do the podcast during like this whole Corona shit. It's kind of very similar. Sounds like it's very similar to that. How? Oh, even worse though. I can imagine. Like, I think we went to when we went to LA for the coronavirus thing or during the corona. It was like half the amount of people were on the free, on the street. Like, just imagine like nobody. Wow. Nobody anywhere, and then all of a sudden you see like some random like like homeless guy screaming. Like, it just that was it. Wow. And it was it was so quiet that you could hear the homeless talking even in your hotel rooms. Jesus. You're like, they're just like yelling down the street, crazy shit. It was so quiet. Like they had got everybody out of downtown or at least where I was on the street over by Staples Center. But yeah, um, it was cool though. The, the interview was, was, was dope too. And especially because it gave a lot of like, uh, and our, you know, the topic of the, we were supposed to really be diving into was um, like sex work versus uh, sex trafficking. And my interview kind of fell in line with that because, you know, there's a lot of misconception that in our industry that a lot of the girls are victims and that um, a lot of girls are forced into it or trapped and can't get out. And I think maybe more of like a like a systematic trapping just because you get stuck mentally. Um, and it's, it's kind of a, a kind of a little bit of an addiction. It's just stuff that we were talking about. And um like I, I just kind of this week really wanted to dive into that a little bit deeper because sex work is really grown women and men who make a decision to use their sexual their sexuality or their body as work, right? Where sex trafficking is more something that people are forced into. And I think the lines get blurred a lot when people look at the sex industry because they don't really want to like believe that someone would choose this a little more close minded. Um, so I feel like a lot of girls too, that are in this, that are like in this world kind of get the first question people ask me is like, Oh, did you have daddy issues? And it was one of the questions like that happened when I was being interviewed. Like, how was you, how was your life growing up? How was your family life? That I'm like, it was pretty fucking normal other than being the only white girl in the hood. Like, you know what I mean? Like it was pretty normal upbringing, went camping. You know, my mom was kind of a weekend mom. She was in and out, but it's pretty normal. And then it's like crazy to think that the fact that you had to ask that is like how many girls are like in this industry because they have been forced into it and like really understanding the signs of seeing the difference, you know, like things that would really make you be like, oh, okay, no, this is not a healthy, safe environment individual or a healthy individual who's in a healthy situation and she's choosing this, you know, versus the opposing thing, which is something like me and other girls in the industry. I mean, there are girls who are killing industry and in this industry and love it. And when literally have like broke up with guys, they're like, Oh, this is my life. Like 
no, I'm not going to quit. Like, this is who I am. And like, they embrace it and they love it. And they're raw. Like my girl, Lisa Aries, you know, she took a lot of, um, she took a big win for like sex workers. She's one of the first people to make a million dollars on OnlyFans Cause you know, webcam has just gotten so big. And, um, but I was like her being like, I'm empowered. This is my body. I'm gonna do what I want to do. She literally just fucks her boyfriend on camera. Right. <laughs> and she just hit a million and, but like recognizing the signs of people who may be having the opposing thing going on where it's like they're being forced into it. And I think me and Victor were talking about this earlier because I started getting into, you know, the responsibility of the porn industry. Um, and I feel like there needs to, I don't know. And we were trying to figure out like what would be the solution to like maybe making people more responsible for some of the things. And I was telling them I watched this movie called Hot Girls Wanted. Hot Girls Wanted is on Netflix, but it's basically about like these few uh, like teenage girls who answered an ad and was like, hey, free ticket to Miami, free trip to Miami. And, um, and they get there and they really didn't know that they were going to have to do anything. They thought they were just like kind of party girls. And then they get there and like, oh, by the way, uh, you have a shoot this weekend and they're kind of like thrown into porn. And it's like same thing where we're like, you should be able to make the choice for your body. So I think, and and you've had an opinion on it, and I'm like, it's just hard. Like, where do you draw the line where you're like, where do we, where are we responsible? Where are they responsible? And it, I mean, to me, it really goes to like both sides make sense, right? So I know it's one of those it's one of those difficult conversations you have because you're fighting for the same cause, the same cause, yeah. That you guys want, you guys both want the same outcome. But how to get to that outcome is what's in question. It's completely different mindset. So on one side, you have, say, we'll call it uh, the, the lawful side, right? Where it's like, hey, listen, we need to protect these girls from guys who want to take advantage, which is a real thing, obviously, because of this documentary, because of things we see. Mm -hmm. But then at the same time, on the girl side, it's like, well, I want to do what I want to do. Yeah, I'm cool with it. I'm cool with it. So the blanket ban over everything. It's hard. It's hard because it's trying to correlate so many similarities when the different, like the, the fact that, that I can ask you, how's your relationship with your dad? And you tell me it's great. And then I can ask somebody else and say, uh, how's your not. relationship? And it's not that great. Well, that goes to show the spectrum and the differences between that, that, that they're just so far apart that you can't just have one blanket for everything and you know and yeah we, and we were talking about like maybe solutions to that and i was i was really big on like and actually just something just else just popped into my head that could possibly be a solution um legalizing sex workers where they can get to a point where they don't um legalizing sex work is not only just about like oh we want to just fuck what we want right it's about safety it's about health care it's all these things it's about like tax write-offs it's about being able to build credit, like all these things that normal people do with their life. Right. And legalizing, and I'm not just porn because I also said that earlier too, is people do this blanket thing over porn saying, Oh, it's not prostitution. It's porn. But some of these girls are still walking in a hotel room thinking they're doing a porn, like a porn scene. And it's basically some guy who wanted to pay for cheap sex and put a fucking tripod on and said, here, here's your 300 bucks. Let me do some face fucking. You know what I mean? And you're like, you're a prostitute. Sorry. Like, <laughs> it is what it is. But because I want a camera on, it's not. Like, how can you decipher those two? You're still 
fucking for money or having sex for money or you're doing something in exchange for it. And it's like, why is that any different? Because, oh, you're making a, you're not being paid to have sex. You're being paid to make a movie. Yeah. Okay, when well, I get paid to have sex, I'm getting paid to hang out with you. But it's st- that's still illegal and this isn't. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, the, and the tricky part about that is <clears throat> those are like unforeseen consequences to policy making right and a good example you can even take like an example from coronavirus right now right mm-hmm. you can go to a liquor store and buy liquor because that's an essential business but then you can't go meet for an aa for an aa meeting because it's a group of 30 of, of 30 people so that's yeah. not allowed but you can go to the liquor store like shout out joe rogan he's the one who made that that argument yeah but to me it's like well that's not malice that's not malintent where it's like let these people drink but don't let them get better it's like one of those things where it's like oh no Let's put a blanket ban over meetings yeah. of over 10 people that they're not allowed for public meetings. Let's put a ban over that. <clears throat> oh, and by the way, yeah, people need their alcohol. So it's like, all right, yeah. that's an unforeseen consequence sure. to making policy, right? right. So, so, so that's where the weight of... It's where you try to restrict policy. Exactly. And, like and, put restrictions on policy. And that's, and, that's, and that's to what the argument we were talking about was who who has the choice to make those decisions for you right right because once you have the power they're not going to give that power back right which is one of the finicky things about this whole coronavirus thing right we all need to lock down we all need to do this but now we're, we're seeing the facts we're seeing the numbers but then we're still supposed to lock down yeah so it's like wait a minute my guy like not nah, let me make the decision yeah i decide to take the risk to Go to work. To go outside. To make some money. Mm-hmm. I will take the decision to quarantine myself from my elderly mother. And I'm not going to sacrifice my life and my livelihood. Right. For trying to protect. And such a that was minority. my biggest thing is when, when the whole thing was going on. People were like, oh my gosh, you're going to get everybody sick. I said, no, they're going to get me sick because I don't have a problem. You know what I mean? Like if you know that you're high risk and you know that there's an issue, keep your ass at home. And the rest of us shouldn't have to if we're typically very healthy people. I've had never had a flu shot in my life. I don't agree with them. And I don't I don't think well, that's not true. I got them when I was younger. I haven't had the flu ever. Yeah. Like I get sinus problems, I've had strep throat, I've had but like I don't ever get the flu. So I'm not like too worried about it. You know what I mean? But if I wanna take that risk to go outside and be like, okay, I might get the flu this time, like know the people who are high risk should be able to stay home without punishment. Yeah. Like hundred percent, you know what I mean? Like that's what it should have been. But, but we should we should be the ones that make that decision, mm-hmm. right? It should and it should it should be done on the local level, right? Absolutely. Right. So it's like it's like I'm all for social services. Mm-hmm. I'm like I, I consider myself just like my man Ti said it on his podcast. I'm a compassionate capitalist. That's a good way to put it. I love the free market. I love capitalism. I love everything. I love stands. the way business I works. I love free trade. I love mm-hmm. the I love business. But I want to help the people around me. Yeah, amen. I want to make all this money. T.I. said, I'm a compassionate capitalist. Where it's like, I believe in social programs. I believe in libertarianism and the fact that the government shouldn't dictate my life. Yeah. But I also believe in the free market and free trade. I know. And and like, why isn't there an option for that? It's like, you're either business or people. And it's like, why? Why is there not a Why is there not a spot in the middle? Like, what do I have to like either shit on people or help everybody? Like, what? uh, Yeah, it's crazy. But then it goes to who... Who's that responsibility on? Right. Is it on Steve Sisolak, our governor, to tell me I have to stay home? Or is that my decision to decide Facts. for my personal life and let me weigh the odds? But then it goes to the flip side. Now, I'm making the decision for my neighbors, per se. Right. right? 
But then at the same time, I'm making the decisions for myself. Yeah. So, but that's also their decision because they don't have to come outside. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I, I just feel like the whole reason I was, I don't know. Like I, I just lost my train of thought. Got a little high there. Hold on. <laughs> I feel like the whole point of even saying like make it legal, right? Is because like the legal thing will for adult workers, the sex workers, like let's stop making it porn or prostitution. One, it, it's either sex work or it's not. You know what I mean? If you're having sex for work, it's sex work. Like, can we stop trying to like make girls who do it independently without a camera, like some fucking evil person and like stop making porn stars who are having sex and doing the same fucking thing that I was doing. Like, why are they analyzed and why am I shit on? Because I didn't put a camera on it. So it's like, there's that, but I, I just feel like it would make people more responsible because then they could actually apply for healthcare. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, I feel like legalizing sex work would actually stimulate the economy more. What's the oldest industry? Oldest industry, and whether or not you agree with it or not, at the end of the day, it's not going away. It's only getting yeah. bigger. Women are starting to feel empowered, and they see other women are doing it and not ashamed of it. So it's bringing their confidence out. I mean, the webcam industry fucking took a crazy, crazy leap this year. Crazy leap, and um, I don't. And it's making it safer. Like it really is for a lot of the girls. Like. I know a lot of girls that aren't escorting or shipping and hoeing or doing anything like they're literally staying at home and being safe and just doing what they want to do and who they want to do it. But then on the flip side, that opens to say an evil man named Henry, whoever I'm just making up a name, go and force 10 girls to set up a web webcam. Yeah, it, it does. So it, it does. opens the door to that. So then where, where, yeah, that's where it's the balance, it's comes the balance is too like is being able to protect and keep it safe and do all that stuff. And, um, that's the whole thing I was saying, porn versus predators. Like, that, like the they do prey on them. I mean, I have to be honest. Like, when, after watching The Hot Girls Wanted, like, I was like, damn, there should be another option for them. Like, it's like they get out there and it's like, okay, well, it's legal and you're 18. So, sorry, but you're still a fucking young little kid who can't make really most decisions. You probably know how to wipe her ass right still. And, like, now you're just, like, it's, you're all over. And they, they were saying something about, like, the average age of um, girls in porn was like 18 to 20 and that their average like career is three to six months. Like that's how much they're just, that to me lets me know it's predatory at that point. Like it's like, there's not enough girls. You're like fresh 18. They're in that thing. And it's like, it got to a point where like they're thinking they're coming to Miami for like a party and a trip and a modeling thing. They, they were getting out to Miami and they were being thrown to a house and they were so happy. Like, I'm not gonna yeah. lie. These girls were like, oh my God. Like, I'm finally away from my parents. I don't have to be told what to do. I'm gonna have sex. I was gonna have sex anyways. And I'm like, yeah, girl. And they're like three months. I'm like, yeah, you rule. Make your decisions. And like three months later, like, I just want to go home because you're like, they're like breaking down. But this is where I was saying making, making it easier. Like the sex work part is, and, and you could, you can make, put your point on it or not. Having healthcare available for girls who do sex work porn prostitution whatever it is they may be able to at least go get some fucking health or mental health care at that point you know what i mean like if you are having mood swings like that at that age you know maybe you made some decisions we've all made dumb decisions at 19 years old you know what i mean like we've all went to the wrong party or hung out the wrong guy or whatever it may be but because we have normal jobs we can seek some counsel we can talk freely about it we can get online and then you kind of like learn and you get some coping tools not necessarily that you need therapy just because you had process. Like everybody needs, no one's born with a book that says this is how you're supposed to deal with things. 
And I think just being able to have the resources to say, hey, you know what? Maybe I just feel different about this today and I want to talk to somebody about it and being able to have that healthcare option, which I think is would be more beneficial for these girls to be able to make those decisions. And I mean, I don't know. That's that's my biggest thing. Not saying necessarily that all the porn companies have to give you fucking healthcare, but making it a little more regulatory to the point where these girls can get some help if they want it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or if they need it. Because a couple girls, they were like, nah, I'm good. Like, happy. And then somebody else, like you said, one one person can say, do you have daddy issues? And I'm like, nah, I have a great relationship with my dad. And you can talk to another girl who said, nah, my dad was a piece of shit and I wasn't around. Yeah. People have to deal with different things. And instead of demonizing girls because they're in this industry, or if they were preyed on, because like I said, some of this shit got bad. Like, what, what was the term when they were like fucking their face? Like hard, like to the point where they throw up. Do you remember the like the term for that? No, I don't. There's not a term for it, but it's like they were really going hard on some of these girls. And like you could just tell that sometimes it was their decision and they said yes, but they kind of felt like, oh, this is what I'm supposed to do, right? Whereas like, and it sucks because if it was a more of a production situation, it's like where it's like between a rock and a hard place because if it was more of a production, somebody could have stopped them like, Hey, are you good? Like while you're doing your makeup, is this something that you actually want to do? And somebody's there to talk to you. And like, the girls are like bringing you cookies. Like what? like when I used to go to the studio and take pictures for my OnlyFans, like everyone was like, Hey, you want some cookies? You want some coffee? How are you feeling today? Like everyone was like really cheery versus I'm going to this dark hole with this weird creep guy and a camera, you know, it's just like, I, they should just have options. Like if they don't feel good or if they felt preyed on to be able to report it. Yeah. Like, hey, I feel like there's something wrong here. Let's see if there's a trend. Is this guy really a fucking predator? Or is he a legit porn company? Um, and there's there's some big ones. I mean, like there's what? Uh, Brazzers. Like, Brazzers and Bang Bro, Big, whatever. There's so many. I can't even fucking think of them. But Bobby like America. some of those companies are doing really, really good. And like, um, like I said, I've had my girl Uptown Jenny's. She does porn. I mean, Nicolette Shea does it. Julie Cash. Like, all these girls are doing really, really good porn stuff and they're in the industry, but um, I just feel like they're able to own it because they're with like a production company and be able to like, even though they're able to satisfy the raw, real content without having to be preyed on. And I think that that's where like being able to like legalize a little bit more, um, girls will have more options to like take care of themselves. Well, because if you take it back to um, your first point that you said, why why is it legal if I just filmed it and stuff like that? To take it even a little 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 deeper in is is because of all the regulations in place, you know, like you can't shoot with somebody who hasn't been tested in X amount of days. You have to When there's have a production. Certain, when there's a production, right? So what if you can take those same regulations and put them in a so called brothel? Right? Where there's a they bunch should, of girls. Well brothels do have to. Exactly. So it's like in that sense where it's like a brothel comes in and says, Hey, you know, these are this is what the terms are to be able to be here. You have to be tested. You have to have your test on the file. You need to get yeah. We had to get this. tested weekly. You know, you have to do that. You have to make sure you pay your taxes and you do this and you do that. But then instead of a dude coming with the camera, a guy just comes and say, hey, "Yo, let me get my dick sucked." Yeah, you know what sure. I'm saying? Stick a finger in my butt and let's get it popping. Yeah. Oh you know God, I, mean? I had a butt sticker one time. A what? Like the guy who wanted fingers in his ass. Oh, he wanted pegging. He just wanted me to stick my finger in his ass while he was fucking my homegirl. And his butt stank. Uh-huh. <laughs> and we had to put like, <laughs> we get gloves. What's, I don't, I don't, you know, and it, when it's you, your prostate. We were talking about that, uh, 
like I the worst kind of porn I think is is like that barely legal shit. You know what I'm saying? Where it's like advertised as like barely legal. Oh, thank you for like, bringing me back. <laughs> this is one of my biggest things. Like, I this is a regulation I think should happen. I'm sorry if you guys hate me for it. I don't give a fuck. I don't think that you should be able to portray a child. You can't have sex with a child. I don't think you should be able to portray a child. Like, I don't think that you should be like, oh, preteens, oh, teenagers. And te- oh, I actually wrote that stat down. I don't even know what the hell I did with it. Um, I wrote the stat down. It was like something about teen, like anything labeled teen was like watched more than like uh, Netflix and YouTube and all kinds of stuff combined. It was like something crazy. And it was on the, um, I think it was on a Hot Girl Wanted ad or something like that. Or the movie. It's like the, the, Maybe I screenshotted it. I don't remember. Is Where the fuck's my phone? Do you see it? No, your notebook. That's under my ass. <laughs> <laughs> you got all that ass, girl. Hold that ass. I was trying to see if I found it because I think I took a picture of it. It was like some crazy stat. And hold on here. Where am I at? Those are my titties. Okay. Maybe it's not here. I don't know where it went. I tried to take a picture of it, but. Uh, anyways, it was like some crazy number. And where did you see my notebook there? Yes, right there. Uh, by the. Sorry, I can never be serious. Okay. But this was so. We, we actually got into the topic too about like the difference between sex trafficking and everything else. And it was something about. Oh, yeah. See, this is more like that particular topic. But. The, oh, we were talking about the sex cults. Yep. And yep. we were talking about like sex trafficking in the world. Oh yeah, porn predators, blah blah blah. So um we were talking about like so in the world, they say that like 20 24.9 million people are trapped into the sex industry or into sex, sorry, not sex industry. They're trapped in human trafficking. Right? And human trafficking can be more than just sex. But of like the sex trafficking or of the human trafficking, 40% of it is like um, sex work. And then they've like broke it down to the amount of girls who, women and girls made up 71% of the people who were sex trafficked within that. Um, And most of them were between the ages of 12 and 14. Like, bro, you know that this, that is a fucking problem to me. And knowing that like certain industries are taking those stats of people who are forced taking like, and this is on a global level. So some of these people are like taken away from their families, preyed on. I mean, they're brought to other countries. 71% of the women were from the ages of 12 to 14. And you guys are thinking that this is okay to watch that shit being portrayed like that. Like, I don't know. I just, and some people made the argument like, well, I'd rather than be fucking me and pretending that I'm 12 than actually fucking a 12 year old. Makes sense. And you're like, I get it. But I'm like, how do you know that he's not? How is this not just triggering something more? You know what I mean? Like it could be, it could go either way. One guy, it might, might, one guy that might satisfy his urge and he won't do anything. So like you said, it's like this slippery slope, but I do think it needs to be brought to light like how serious that is because I'm just not with people thinking that it's okay to watch anything that says preteen or teenager or something like that. I feel like that shit should be banned, but okay. So even like we were talking about the sex cult thing, right? Yeah. 
There is a, there was a sex cult, uh, and I don't even know if I'm saying it right. I think it's Nexium or something, but it's N X I V M. I don't know if it's short or something. This was the Keith Rainier, whatever you say his name, the girl from, uh, what do you call it? Smallville. Yeah. She played Chloe, the blonde chick. I guess it was like his. It's like his bottom bitch, basically. Yeah. She would go out and like recruit girls for the sex industry thing and that's always been fascinating to me too as a woman um i'd be like really interested to dive into her past and find out how if she was abused before because a lot of times women who get into this position where um they were either a victim of that person themselves and then got kind of like a uh what's it called a munchausen's or something what's it called when like they stockholm. stockholm they get stockholm and they end up like helping um I feel, I, I'd be interested to see like her history herself because like that's crazy that this type of woman could literally go out and recruit other girls for him. And they would brand them. I feel like she was on a Disney show. Oh, I'm sure she was. I think she was on... Her name's Allison Mack. Hold on, let me look. So Allison Mack, yeah. She, and basically, they had like this setup thing. And this is kind of goes back to the whole like feeling like people are preying on people with good intentions thinking they can go to Miami for the weekend and all of a sudden they're like oh I have to shoot porno I guess that's okay you know what I mean like they would set up these like self-help things they're like hey send us your picture we'll help you get into Hollywood and da 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 and there's like all these like Hollywood actors kids were getting like branded and put in the sex call and they would basically have sex with these kids and they were mostly like 14 15 year olds and the even younger at some point but like branding they literally would like brand them like cattle fucking nuts like you have to wear that for life like even if you mentally get past it like you you have to get that cut off or reburned it's insane it's just insane let me see what other little notes i got here do, 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 do. i mean that can even go into the whole oh i wrote down r kelly too <laughs> <laughs> yes r kelly you too motherfucker. yo but the fact that that man can sing got him away with so much shit how crazy is that how crazy is our culture that that's cool? The shit that we won't let fly. Yeah, the fucked up part about it is I'm still going to bang, bump, and grind. I'm still going to play that Ignition Part 2. I'm still going to play that <gasps> same girl. Victor! You know what I'm saying? I'm still going to play that Chocolate wanna, Factory. I don't want to believe that I will. Man, but when, it comes, up? when it comes in, step, step, side, side. Uh, Come on. But this motherfucker filmed himself. On multiple on occasions. Camera. And not just everyone's like, oh, me too, me too. No, these girls were like legit. Have you watched this fucking documentary? I can't. It'll I fuck can't. you up. It'll fuck you up. I if you like R. Kelly, don't do it. I can't do it. But come on, man. This dude was like going to high schools recruiting bitches. Like, and he was he was not just not just having sex with them. He was they were locked. Wife in them. Like no. He, no? Oh shit. Slaving them. Oh. Like, everyone had their own room. They weren't allowed to have lights on. Some of them had buckets in the corner they were allowed to pee in because they weren't allowed to come out of the room unless they asked for his permission. That bad? That bad. He he was really bad. It was Damn, like... I gotta watch it. Yeah, it was fucked up. It was... You're like... At first, you're like, no, not our Kelly. And, oh, she's extra... Oh, he made... Oh. Yeah. You're, like, ashamed at the end. You're like, fuck, I can't believe I really fuck with this dude. And he makes some music. He makes beautiful so, music. So that goes, that, goes to a, that goes to an argument. Like, can you separate the art from the man, right? Cause our culture cannot, but and it, they can't, and I feel like that's such like it sucks. Like take 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 Jimi Hendrix for example. Jimi Hendrix did a lot of drugs. Mm -hmm. yeah. Now some people can say the drugs made Jimi Hendrix, mm -hmm. 
or that Jimi Hendrix without the drugs wouldn't be the same Jimi Hendrix we're talking about. But then at the same time, like some, you know, is that something that we should promote? No. Same you thing with I mean? Amy Winehouse. Amy Winehouse. Every song that she's ever wrote, she was about rehab, about rehab getting fucked up, back to black. Yeah. Come on. Y'all don't know what that song is about. It's literally about blacking the fuck out. Yeah. Like, and she's afraid she's going to lose her fucking baby because she's so fucked up. Like, that song is fucked up. So, but she can But sing. she was the she fucking raspy fucking yeah. goddess. Yeah. Janice Chaplin was the same Janice way. I know. It's like, them. how do you separate that? But you know what the difference is? Kurt Cobain. The he difference for me is do what the fuck you're going to do to yourself as long as it doesn't inflict on other people. And I was like, who did you quote earlier? I think you said it's a quote earlier about like something, something about infringing it on yourself. Like as long as whatever the fuck you do, don't bother me or somebody else. Like the point that was majorly different for those people destroying themselves from the inside out versus this man destroying other people. Like yeah. hundreds of girls will never be the same because of him. Never. And are still like there. Yeah. Some girls were like still there even when he wasn't. Cause they didn't even know that anything happened. Yeah. Like they legit were like, Oh, I can leave. <laughs> like just in hotels somewhere for like months, never allowed to leave. It was really fucked up. It was really fucked up. And they were all hoping and dreaming that he was going to come in that day and, um, say, Oh, you're, you're famous now. Wow. Like, Oh no, we, today we're going to do it. To the point where, like, even they were bringing in, like, other girls and making the girls have sex with each other while he was with them. And, like, everyone's doing it together. And it was really fucked up. It was really fucked up. I was like, Jesus Christ. That's crazy. But being responsible, like, come on. There was too many fucking people around him knowing this was going on. So why? And I just made this argument the other day. Why is it that? certain people in certain situations are considered a conspiracy and you knew so sorry you're guilty too but you have this other person which started these fucking riots you know what i mean with the whole one guy he did it but they didn't charge anyone else they stood by and fucking watched it and didn't stop it didn't say anything and the same thing as this like fucking r kelly situation how many of these other people should be responsible as well knowing that they walked in this house and they literally talked about it and saw that there were fucking little girls in every goddamn room and you walked out and didn't say nothing when are you responsible because they have this so getting back to the sex work versus back to uh sex trafficking right my ex I'm going to go into a detail about what, why he really got locked up. He went to jail for Rico conspiracy. People think because he was a pimp that he uh, went, to, went to jail for pimping. He did not. He went to jail for Rico conspiracy. With that said, they were saying that the Rico was an organized crime and that he basically was in a situation where there was 23, 26 I don't know the exact number of co-defendants who were all part of this big organization of pimps. First of all, if you know a pimp, ain't nobody in the organization with a pimp. A pimp is about him and his bitches. He don't give a fuck about the next man. But they were basically saying that all these guys were from one area and that they had an organization where like, it was like he knew that he was passing game down to him and that they would like 
literally like swap girls between them, send them out. Everyone's putting into like this big pot at the end. Like it was some mob of pimps. Blows my mind that they really don't ever do any kind of psychology studies on pimps because that's so far from the truth. It's crazy. So anyways, he went to jail, right? Not because of anything he did. Because of the conspiracy that they tapped to it, right? Basically, he got arrested 14 years before with one of the guys, never got charged, with one of the guys that were in, the, that were in this whole thing that he got arrested with him maybe twice or had been known to be around him two or three different times. One time was a traffic stop. His homeboy got arrested because he was 19 and he was pimping on someone who was 17. So she was technically underage or it's like 16 and a half, something like that. So she was underage, even though he was a fucking child himself. So he got and his and he was with him. Mind you, this was 14 years prior to his arrest. Another time he was like driving, I think it was something like he was driving a car that got pulled over for like speeding. He didn't have his license because some shit was going on with family court stuff and they took his license from him. So he was driving without a license, but his boy was in the car with him again. And they're like, okay, no, that's two times. That's all it took two times for you to be known or, and some pictures of them being at like the park at a party or something like this. Right. But two times I got arrested and pulled over where they were, they were with each other. He got seven years because they slapped conspiracy on it because he, they said, you knew that these dudes were pimping on minors and you didn't do anything about it because nobody in this whole fucking uh, trial ever came and spoke against him. Right. His friend, his friend had four girls show up to, to court and testify against him said I was 15 years old and he was 19 or 20. I thought I was 